you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. Sangram, how are you, my man? I am excited, dude. This uh, this has been a phenomenal uh, few weeks, so I'm, I can't wait to get into today's topic. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I am stoked as well. This is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Uh, we're going to be talking about some shifts that you and I are seeing in the B2B sales and marketing world. And so I say we just dive right in. What are some of the things that are rising to the surface for you? I know you had a few weeks back, you had a LinkedIn post and you asked people, kind of, hey, what are you seeing? What were some of the things that you saw pop up kinda, over and over again in that thread? And it was a really, really well-received uh, LinkedIn post. So if people want to check it out, please go take a look at it. And I proposed like 10 primary shifts that need to occur to achieve the full potential of humanizing the B2B experience. And, yeah. and a lot of people had very, very interesting ideas and thoughts. So the list is now a lot more than just 10, which is phenomenal. But the one that, you know, the three that you know, I think we can cover today in this to kind of get everybody's attention on is the idea of like, how can lead gen forms, instead of focusing on lead gen forms today, how can engagement be a better way to measure success? The second one is how can customers, instead of focusing on customers, you know, maybe we should think about community and communities. And we can touch on that a little bit. And the last one is the idea of like metrics. And instead of just looking at like pure plain vanilla metrics, you know, are there magical moments that we should pay more attention to? So as it relates to that first one, you know, lead gen forms, traditional, you know, contact forms on the site and, you know, sign up for our white paper here. And so transitioning from that to more engagement, what does that look like? How is that, you know, as you guys have been kind of on the forefront of these shifts with Terminus, what's that been looking like for you guys? You know, what bothers me the most about that is that we're asking people to do what we dislike. And I'll, I'll say that again, like we literally are asking people and potentially your customers, our customers, that would pay us a good amount of money that puts food on the table. We're asking them to do things that we inherently dislike. And I think that's got to bother almost everyone out there is nobody likes to fill up a form. Nobody likes to give everybody everything in there. And, and most people, unfortunately, lie. Uh, on these forms, right? And, and I included, I would put like 404, 404, 404, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry for the person who gets all the calls on my behalf, but that I do that. And, and that just is an indication that it's not a best practice and it needs to find a different place. Now, of course, there might be places where you need that, but not everywhere. So the proposal, the shift that I'm starting to see, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people seeing that as well, is the idea of engagement which is, it sounds fluffy, but if you really peel into it, you would see that engagement can be defined by the amount of time somebody is spending on your website. So I would define it again, engagement is the amount of time somebody is spending on your website. So if you know which companies and people you're going after, and if they spend time on your website, you no longer have to get their email addresses and phone number and mother's maiden name and all that information mm-hmm. because you already know who they are. 
So there's technologies out there available today where you can clearly see which company people are coming from, who's coming to your website. So why not just engage with them, right? You know, through chats or conversations or videos or personalizing the website or web page or, or and, and really measuring how much time, quality time are you spending with that person that you really care about. So I think this idea of this lead gen page informs that people absolutely, your customers dislike. How do we move from that to actually being at a place where we create more of an engaging experience for them? What are some of the tools that are on your radar that you guys are using or that you heard other people talking about using successfully that people can, you know, listening to this can start and say, hey, you know, we are a bit behind the eight ball on this. We do need to be focused more on engagement as opposed to lead forms. What are some tools they can look at? Absolutely, man. I think, you know, you know, giving a shout out to a few of our partners and companies that do incredible things, like Drift is an incredible platform where you can just have people have a conversation, like a chat. If somebody's on your website and they want to learn more about you, stop having them fill out a form, just let them chat. So Drift is an incredible platform that does that. The second one would be videos. The next best thing to being in person is videos. So we see our sales team would not just blast out tons of emails. They actually would create a personalized video that says, hey, James, I know you work for um, so-and-so company, and I know I love the way you do the certain things that you guys do. I think that we can provide you a great value by doing this in this service, and here's how we match up. So really creating a personalized video of it. So Videoard uh, is a great platform to track and measure who's watching the video and how many how long do they watch and is that video effective or not. So videos are, are great to kind of think about from an engagement perspective. And then lastly, but not least, like Terminus itself, that you can literally see how much longer some of your customers are spending time over others. So the engagement journey is a lot more clear today because of all the tools and technologies out there. And, and I think if people can start spending time on the right accounts and the right people and seeing what their engagement is, they will literally actually have a better sense of which of these accounts are going to convert into deals in the future because mm-hmm. there is no reason why they would be spending time on your website if they're not interested. Um, makes perfect sense. So the the second one that we're going to talk about, Sangram, is shifting from thinking about customers to thinking about community. Talk to us about what this means. Yeah, man, I think this is where uh, it, it gets to the heart of a lot of where everything is focused. I think everybody's focused too much, too narrowly on their customers. And I say that with a lot of respect towards every marketer and sales organization out there. Everybody is like, customer-centric, customer-obsessed, and all those different great get phrases that are everywhere in a lot of companies and their mission statements and things like that. And I would challenge, and I'll offer this as a challenge for everybody to think about, is that really the greatest companies out there, especially if you're in B2B and stuff, are companies that are actually created great communities. Now, let's just take that as an example. Think about Salesforce. They created Dreamforce as one of the, the way they actually talk to the world. Not every single person who comes to Dreamforce is a Salesforce customer, but they thought about creating a larger community, a larger ecosystem where they can tap into at a given point, depending upon what services or products they could launch. They already have a sitting audience. It's almost think about yourself as doing a Super Bowl commercial, you know, commercial as a B2B company. And as you're launching a new product, you already have an audience that you want to sell to waiting for you to launch uh, your product, like an Apple product, right? So 
for B2B, community is a great way to test the market, to launch uh, your product and service in this. But thinking about the community building, which may not be all your customers, it will be a larger pool of people that appeal to the kind of things that you do. Another example is like, you know, HubSpot and Inbound, right? Like they do this with having 20,000 or so people coming to their Boston Inbound conference. And, and what was interesting to me was they really didn't have any HubSpot-oriented sessions. They had a product keynote somewhere separate, but majority of their sessions were practical or inspirational on how to do things or get inspired by people like Michelle Obama. And clearly not all of them are their customers, but they're building a community that they want to sell in the future. And that, I think, is super interesting to see. And it's something that you have been a practitioner in as well, Singer. I mean, you're the CMO at Terminus, but this podcast that people are listening to right now is the Flip My Funnel podcast for a reason. You guys have started the Flip My Funnel movement on the back of that thesis, really, thinking about how do we build a community around this idea? And I'm sure you've got lots of people that are in the Flip My Funnel community that aren't necessarily Terminus customers. And that's great because you're advocating for a bigger idea than you know just the product that you're selling. You're advocating for this movement, which I love. Have there been any, cha- like what have been the, some of the challenges that you've seen as you guys have kind of built the Flip My Funnel community? Oh man! Well, well, thanks, thanks for saying that, and and I think we definitely feel very humbled and blessed around the idea that we are able to do something like this, and it really comes from a place of like we really genuinely do care about the problem we are solving, and I love product, and I love building great products, and it's something that I've done uh, and continue to do hopefully for the rest of my life. But at the same time, what inspires me and and others that work around is the fact that man, we want to solve this problem. And, and people care about that. They don't care about what product you sell. They care about the problem you solve. And a lot of times, you may have a great product that does 8%, 20%, 50% of the problem, but you can never be a product that solves every single problem out there for your customers, right? So being a partner to them is way more important than being a product that solves 80 90% of the problem because we would take decades before we are able to do that. And also when we get there, maybe they're further beyond and they have a different set of problems. So to me, it's all about central getting everybody around that, hey, look, if you all care about solving these problems, we may not have the answer to solving the entire problem today, but we have an idea and we have a community. So talk to these five other people who have similar problems and maybe they can help you address some of these things. And and while we're doing that, maybe our product handles some of these things. And maybe while we're doing it, maybe we have an ecosystem of products that could handle more of these things. But it's an idea of like, we're here to solve a problem that the marketing and sales community feels. And we may not be the only person that can solve it. And I think that was the whole point of community is to me. I love it. This last one, second one we're going to talk about is Instead of thinking in terms of metrics, thinking in terms of magical moments, what's that mean? This is very dear to me. Uh, I was doing a keynote at the uh, the PFL conference in, in Montana. Beautiful place, man. And, it's, and I learned that there are more cows in Montana than people, uh, which is another <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah, and, and it's like insanely beautiful place, amazing scenery, and, and the PFL office is, is just, uh, just incredible. And, and we were doing a keynote on this topic of magical moments, so it's very dear, near and dear to me. And the whole point is that, you know, we, we all know this and heard this, that people buy from people. And a lot of times when people 
show that we want to be this company and, and a big building and the logo on the top. It, you know, people don't really care about that. You know, you and I, and I think everybody who's a listener today would probably attest to the fact that they have bought something from a salesperson or because they like that person more than somebody else because they didn't like that other salesperson, right? So we all have made the decisions of purchasing products from companies. They may not have all the features that you want, but you still bought it because you trusted that salesperson and you liked the experience to it. To me, that's a magical moment. And and I think the more the companies pay attention to magical moments, you will find yourself, and we have found, which has been true for us, that we don't have a perfect product today. We still have things to work on, and, and we'll always have things to work on because that's how we want to operate. But there would be customers that would give us a pass because they know that our intent is right, and they would stick around longer with us because they know that we're working on it, and they know that we're a partner of theirs. So I feel like creating magical moments in your sales process, in your customer success process, in your marketing process, where you actually make them feel like they're not a number, but they are someone that, they, that you care about, or you care about them more than anybody else, could be a great, great way to keep your customers and actually keep them for wherever they go afterwards uh, in that process. The magical moments to me is creating these unscalable moments a more and more number of times than just one. I love it. No, that that makes perfect sense. Something obviously Disney. If if you know when you when you go to Disney World, you see that all over the parks in different different ways uh, that their cast members are trained to create these magic moments and so my my wife works at disney and and she's always talking about oh yeah I, I got to create this magic moment today and it's an incredibly profound idea that i think more b2b companies should absolutely be implementing sangram anything else around kind of shifts that you've seen in sales and marketing before we shut it down today i think the the one one area that i would encourage everybody to think about is what is your magical moment what is the magical moment that you have created for your customers or a prospect or, or somebody out there that you think that really made them smile or really made them feel like they're more than a number that you actually care? Better yet, find a, a time where you felt like somebody cared for you so much that really made you feel special. And let's find ways together of creating these magical moments every opportunity we get because we all have those opportunities and it will be a choice for all of us to create these magical moments. Love it. All right. If you have not left a review, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this show and we will talk with you next time. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.